Chapter 19 Night Rounds Rainer, what's going on with Parrick? As much as I admire his new bodyguard, I'd like to know why he can't use ours. Your son saved my daughter's life a couple months back. She was working in Sub-Zero, visiting a notorious gang spot when things got out of hand. Parrick intervened. Does this have anything to do with that awful video? Was that some sort of payback? You've seen it? I have my own sources. We assume it was related, but we don't know for sure. Luna believes she owes Parrick and has volunteered to watch him. For whom? Confessor Lewin. Doesn't the Ecclesiarchy have its own security? You can ask Lewin or Governor Luckland, but I doubt they'll be helpful. Your best bet would be to put your own sources on it. The Grave Dancer was aptly named, and I'd lost everything that mattered in the instant it had crossed the veil. Silgo had been the last to crumble. I had been the first. Bree had fallen somewhere in between on that fateful night. Breezy had felt betrayed and wanted me gone, as had the Greys. I'd crawled through a gauntlet between them, leaving barely a crumb to follow home. Wherever we go tonight, I'm Silver, and you're with me. I barely had the will to hold one persona together for my reincarnation, but it would be enough. If we get separated, don't panic. I know my way around. I'll meet you at Watersheds in 40B. If it seems like I'm ignoring you or walking in circles, it's because I am. But if anyone tries to steal you away, shoot them. We dove right in, touring the fate-controlled establishments across several busy sectors. Keeping an eye out for wardens, I steered through the public entrances and private exits of more than a dozen clubs. I lingered by the front doors long enough for those nearest in line to get a good look at my pretty face. I learned the bouncers' names and kept my new leather coat on at all times. The silver color of my eyes was all it took to get in anywhere, but once inside, I switched back to a natural blue and did my best to blend into the scene. Luna was the perfect distraction, but she was getting hit on by the inebriated masses, and it slowed her down. A purple fate was assigned to act as her escort and keep the stalkers at bay while I scanned the crowds for any threats. I spoke with the managers of every club and let them know that things would be returning to normal over the next few days. Normal meant old rivals and surprise gang violence. They each seemed glad about it. The pot needed stirring, and I was fresh out of new videos. We were close to done with our circuit as we passed the hive maintenance station and entered the front door of watersheds. I posed for the camera over the bar counter and grabbed a couple of mineral waters. Sit, I pointed to an empty booth. Drink. Luna watched the front door while I watched the back. She'd been in places tonight that the Arbiters never knew existed. Was I trying to impress her? Maybe. Is your gun loaded? Of course. Why? Things are about to take a bad turn. Wait right here and try to stay out of it. Wardens were underhive specialists. They relied on their anonymity among the masses and their unmatched ability to cancel a fate's power. Two had been tracking me for the past hour, waiting for an inconspicuous place to make their move. Watersheds was as secluded as it gets in Sub-Zero, with one crucial exception. The kitchen club offered a back door in or out. I was tired of running. I was a hunter, and I knew which color was about to come around the corner. That I acted like prey was another matter. With the wardens drawing nearer, I slipped out of the booth and set my empty glass on the bar counter, signaling the bartender. I gave him a name and pointed toward the back as I eased away from the front door. I tried my best not to hurry. Moments later, Lady Han's henchmen appeared. They were careful hunters, and they were playing it smart. 
One projected a void bubble, while the other wielded a gray blade. The wardens weren't afraid of me or any of the fates, a fact made more clear as an invisible wave rolled through the place. My store of exotic energy disintegrated. Being a long and narrow space, watersheds had an open area where the booths and bar counter ended, giving way to the back room. To my right, the secret back door into the kitchen club called to me, but if I took it, I'd only be leading the greys into a chance for a bigger score. Their bubble filled the entire back end, and I felt like I'd fallen off of a cliff. Having encountered these two greys before, outside the club room on the night of my tragic ascension, I'd recognized them from a safe distance and proceeded accordingly. Anyone paying close attention to the scene would wonder at my health as I leaned against the back wall and my limbs began to shake. Feth. I hated being hunted. I hated being vulnerable to anyone, be it a witch, a warden, or a junior arbiter. I'd searched my memory of the prior gray attacks and my extensive silver training in hopes of finding a loophole or a way to overcome their void bubble. I'd come up blank. That's why I'd traded favors with Sendara Laveau. I slid down the wall. The gray with the dagger darted forward to make the kill. The closet door to my right burst open wide. The snap of the first shot, a slug, no doubt, blew off the attacker's hand at the wrist. The ensuing barrage of slugs and laser bolts tracked the pair of assassins as they tried to retreat. Sandara's pleasingly mundane bodyguards weren't affected in the least by the Grey's invisible attack. There was nothing unreal about their augmented eyesight and steady aim. The bar's few patrons dove beneath their tables and chairs as the warden's bodies tumbled to a permanent stop, barely halfway to the front door. The air rang with the familiar scent of blood, burnt flesh, and spilled booze. It was an acquired taste. I sat on the dirty synth wood floor looking up at my saviors. Somebody tell me that was caught on video. Luna pushed her way through the mix. If she'd been standing with me, she'd probably have fired back and been dead by now. My bodyguard was surrounded and I was down, still searching for my stomach and my strength. Thankfully, Luna recognized Sandara Laveau as the well-dressed boss came out of the closet, followed by List. A couple of hardy henchmen helped me to my feet and held me in place. Sandara's bodyguards were led by a man named Birch. He wore a singularly impressive slug thrower, more of a carbine than a pistol, and he waited for Laveau's permission to let me go. I wiped the unshed tears from my eyes. How's your evening so far, Sandara? Laveau took stock of the scene and smiled at her guard's expertise. I'd say this makes us even. I swallowed. It does? She offered a quick nod, hiding her newest concern. The bomb had been found. I nudged Luna. Please collect their knives for me before the two bodies disappear. Over Sandara's shoulder, the painfully sober face of List offered me little to go by. He disappeared back into the kitchen club. Everything I'd done thus far had been with one purpose in mind. Tracking down the warp witch in the underhive. The wardens were a key as was the fact that they were hunting me, but I had other goals and aspirations. I steadied myself. Sandara, would you care to join me for one of Sub-Zero's most pleasingly erotic floor shows? I feel it's only right that we enjoy it together. Are you sure you're up for it? I wasn't sure of anything at the moment, but figured the chrome sheen of the poles and the sparkle of the lasers would do me some good. Never count me out. Sandara Laveau was a powerful bubble of protection, even in one of the Fate's own clubs. Seated on my left, she enjoyed the show and ignored my inability to drink anything stronger than mineral water, freshly squeezed. 
To my right, Luna kept an eye on the room while Sandara's bodyguards did their best to blend in around us. The pole dancers were electrifying but couldn't overcome the club's main event as an intimate meeting between two powerful rivals took place in plain view. For the most part, I kept my eyes on the table in front of me, allowing the show to run its course. I smiled and leaned into Sandara, keeping her attention fixed on me. She joked about going for another swim. As the lasers finally dwindled and the dancers floated up through the ceiling, I trapped Sandara's hand against my thigh. In the most romantic way possible, I leaned in and whispered in her ear, Our underhive has its own planet-scale device. Your device is considered the neutralizer. You're saying I shouldn't touch it? I shook my head. I don't know whom to trust. She seemed surprised by my admission. That's why we swim together. I was thinking of several others, but liked her idea best. Do you think my bodyguard will go for a swim with me? You're kidding, right? She's completely out of your league. I sighed. You noticed that too? Everyone in the Sunshine Club noticed. Everyone here notices. You could resell her contract for an incredible sum. Sandara, I'll give that some thought. We'll visit you again soon. Anytime. Sandara slipped out of the booth and collected her henchmen on the way to the front door. I scanned the room. Luna, I've got one more meeting tonight. Would you wait for me over by the bar? And while you're there, have them send over three glasses and a bottle of Starfire 69. I feel the need to celebrate. The 69 stood for the percentage of rough spirits in the mix. Nobody wanted to take a guess at what made up the remaining fraction. Luna offered me a look of disappointment. Peric, you don't drink. Sometimes you have to break the mold to fix it. It was another of those toddler running headlong into the wall type of thoughts, but it's all I could manage after a tough night. Everything about me was broken, and I only saw one achingly desperate way to fix it. Thankfully, Luna went along with my demands. A red-haired woman placed three glasses on the table and cracked open the bottle. I could feel the tingle in my mind as she poured the fiery liquid. Her orange-tinged aura matched a tight-fitting top and a gold skirt of fibrous material made to flare out in zero-G scenarios. She would light it on fire during her pole dance routine, enticing everyone to feel the burn. The woman's eyes never left mine as she worked. When she was done pouring the drinks, she winked and took a step back. Two of the three cocktails burst into flame, lighting up my corner of the room. I didn't have the slightest chance of reaching for the third. Liz slapped away my hand and lit his drink from one of the other two. I'm not drinking that venom by myself. Breezy slipped into the booth on my right and slapped me across the face. Between the bonfires and the rapid assault, we had the room's complete attention, and I had one card left to play. I waved to Luna and pointed to the open spot on Breezy's right. There was plenty of room. Easily the most powerful person left in the kitchen club, Luna took a seat, blocking Breezy's escape. I'd already been slapped once and I was out of Luna's reach, so I broke all the rules and turned over every card. Evan and Brianne Holland, please meet Caroluna Rayner, daughter to Lord Rayner and a junior arbiter in the Adeptus Arbitus. Breezy's head snapped up and looked around. Luna stared back in shock. Evan reached across the table, holding out his hand. My friends call me List. It's short for Liston. Luna. She shook List's hand and turned to Breezy. I saw it when it happened, the letting go of a rope in a tug of war. Breezy sighed and disappeared. Call me Bree. I could have climbed across the table and kissed Luna on the lips for the power she'd called forth and the rescue she'd accomplished with her presence. I say that figuratively, of course, because I'd been slapped enough tonight. Bree took it another way. 
She spun in her seat and slapped me again. What was that for? I said. Everything, whether it was your fault or not. I could accept that. Thank you. For what? For saving my life. I stared at her long and hard, watching the words sink in. They were a counterspell, offering gratitude without a grave to dance on. Tell me you don't owe Sandara Laveau anything. We're all even, though we'll be seeing each other again rather soon. Why? Said List. Because we're all going swimming tomorrow. Why? Said Luna. We need to plan our way in and out of the Baron's presence in the Underhive, and List could use some sun to make up for his lack of a hangover. Bree focused on the most important point. Will Miss Rayner be going with us? I couldn't tell if Bree approved of my bodyguard or not. Of course. I get all of my drinks half price if I bring her along. I couldn't take my eyes off of Bree. Her brother had quit drinking, and I thought I knew the reason. I stole a glance at one of her wrists, finding fresh bruises. One of her knuckles was badly discolored. She'd had it far tougher than me. I topped off our drinks, enjoying their warm glow. List, who's the fire girl? The one from the floor show? That's Stevie. She's got the personality to match. The Fates only had a few female members, and those were nothing but trouble. Most had been banished from the Underhive, and I thought it a shame for the Fates forced to bide their time down there. It was time for a change. Tell Stevie to change her clothes and get some rest. Better yet, why don't you escort her home, just in case? In case what? I slid my hand across the table, offering it to Bree. Let's go for a walk. <laughs>